This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Zan Dixon. And I'm Madhumita Santanam. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight, we focus on the climate crisis and the Willow Project. We bring you a very special conversation with Sydney Ernest, Sunrise Movement climate justice activist, and longtime GJ family member, Angie Rivera. This climate crisis conversation was originally broadcasted on our Generation Justice Facebook. Sydney and Angie share about the impacts of climate change in our community and the importance of activism. This evening, we also hear from my co-host, Madamita Santanam, who shares with us about her journey as a Generation Justice volunteer, intern, and social media manager. We also bring you our weekly vaccine equity segment with information on vaccines and COVID-19. That's right. We start our night off with this song, Climate Change, by PJ Grand Band. This song is about climate change and the importance of taking care of our environment. As we stop the fires from burning Climate change, climate change, climate change is what we are facing Climate change, climate change is not gonna bring us down We gotta fight to unite and work to save our future If we all get together we can change back climate change How is climate change impacting our world? How can you make a change? Broadcasted from our Facebook, we bring you a youth-centered discussion on climate change. We will hear from the 16-year-old climate justice activist, Sydney Ernest, and 20-year-old GJ member, Angie Rivera, who share about the climate crisis, the Willow Project, and the activism work they have been doing. This Facebook Live interview was conducted by GJ member, Emilio Bavale. This is Emilio Bavale with Generation Justice. And I'm speaking with two youth leaders, 16-year-old Sydney Ernest, who is currently working with student coalitions in the Sunrise Movement, fighting against dirty fossil funding in our universities. Before working with the Sunrise Movement, Sydney played a key role in leading the Victory Squad and worked with climate groups such as Songbird Society, Fridays for Future, and This is Zero Hour. I'm also joined by Angie Rivera, who is an advocate for people of color. She is currently majoring in criminal justice at Tulsa Community College to get a better understanding of federal and state laws. Angie's worked with Bold Futures, previously known as Young Women United, helping young people understand reproductive rights and advocating for safe sex. She is also part of our Generation Justice family, having served as a youth media producer. It is an honor to speak with you guys today. Welcome back to Generation Justice, Sydney and Angie. Please tell us more about yourselves. Let's start with Angie. So I'm 20 years old. Um, Like you said, I'm currently majoring in criminal justice at Tulsa Community College. I am not only advocating for people of color, but I also advocate for reproductive justice, uh, justice system reform, um, climate crisis. My goals are to help youth have a better understanding of the things that can change our future and that will affect them. I think it's important for youth to have a voice in what happens with things that are going to occur in the future, like the Willow Project, for example. And, um, you know, I just want to be a voice for the people who don't feel like they have a voice. And um, I'm from um, Chicago. I just moved from Colorado to Tulsa. Tulsa has shown me why I need to keep fighting for the youth. I see there's like a lot of homelessness, the climate crisis here is not really a big concern for our leaders, like our governors, our senators. I want to keep being the voice and being able to fight for our youth and um, our future. 
think it's very important to have young leaders trying to give voice. Um, Sydney, what about you? Um, hi, I'm Sydney or Sid. Um, I'm 16, so I guess you could categorize me as one of the youth. I am a member and volunteer of the Sunrise Movement, which is a youth-led nonprofit organization which focuses on environmental justice and aims to eventually, hopefully, pass a Green New Deal. I am a youth advocate for climate justice. Um, my goal is to spread awareness and make change about environmental racism and environmental injustice and put people in political power who are going to fight against those systems. So this includes mobilizing young people and old people across race and class, move people into Congress, into the White House, and strategically putting people in power so that we're able to push forward policies that we want. Yeah. I think that is big. That is giant to have a youth-led organization pushing for that. And not just like at a community level, at a national level. I think that is extremely important and especially for our situation. So dang, dude, look at you guys. <laughs> so how did you two become involved in activism work and specifically fighting the climate crisis? Angie, what about you? So I actually started advocating um, when I was in middle school. I was first introduced to Young Women United. I think it was my eighth grade year. Um, then I did an interview with Generation Justice and Roberta loved me and I loved her. So we decided to work together. Um, and I was a youth producer for uh, Generation Justice. But specifically when it came to climate crisis, I started advocating right after Biden had passed the $8 billion project. I didn't know the seriousness of the project, what what it could do to our future, what it could do to our environment. And well, when it passed, I started seeing, you know, videos on my TikTok saying like, so many people wrote into the White House, there was a petition going around. And when I specifically remember when Biden was campaigning to become president, he did say that he was no longer going to be drilling on federal lands. And it just hurt me because we're lucky to experience, um, you know, the animals that we have. We're lucky that we can just go out and see trees and plants and birds and insects and I feel like this project will really affect a lot of our animals our environment and you know our, our children being able to see certain animals and experience certain things um and so I started a, a group called Gen Z Justice you know our our goal is just to spread information about things that can affect our youth and how it will be affecting us now so there's so many beautiful things about our earth that at some point it's going to be irreversible one day we won't see them. And that's super sad to think about, you know? So that is important to fight for. And Sydney, what kind of like brought you into activism and specifically this crisis? I lived in India for a portion of my life and you really see the disparity between the wealthy and the poor in a place like India. You really see how the actions of the top 1% really hurt the bottom 1%. I guess returning to the US, I still saw that disparity between the top 1% and the bottom 1% or the 1% of corporations and 
the majority of Americans or more than half of Americans. But fast forward a few years, um, my grandmother's house burned down in some of the California fires. Um, I couldn't go to school because of the smoke. And I just vividly remember like most of my life being told, don't use water, don't shower for more than two minutes because we're in a drought. I guess at some point I was like, gosh, I can't just sit around and do nothing anymore. Like, even if this is such a big systemic problem, I refuse to just sit here and watch it play out. Even if I make the smallest dent in the status quo, I want to do that rather than doing nothing. So I started researching environmental organizations. I tried to join a few and failed miserably. I was like, hi, I'm a 10 year old with no climate experience but I want to do something and most people were like mm, okay because this was also pre-covid so most things were in person and it was kind of challenging so then I found the sunrise movement and they took me in with open arms they were like yeah come join us we're crazy amazing group of youth-led people and we're trying to make a change through politics through localized change through national change and I was like well this is great like sign me up and I got really involved in Sunrise and from there I branched out to various other organizations through Sunrise's partnerships so that's kind of what got me into activism. It's very important for people to know that they have power you mentioned even if it's like the smallest dent in it it matters because a million small dents together is you know it's a million small dents that's one giant dent in it that's super big for you to have that much courage and power and to realize your power so could you tell us how you guys got this interview together um Angie so after the Willow project was approved um I started doing research and you know I started getting more information from TikTok and started seeing videos of people advocating against um, the Willow Project. This specific group called the Sunrise Movement uh, had posted many videos and I came across one of this lady speaking about how a million people sent letters to the White House and there was a petition going around and just giving me the basic rundown about how, you know, Biden was voted into office by our youth. I thought maybe this, this person would be a good person to interview and ask questions about the Willow Project because, I mean, they already have this information, so maybe we could do something more. I reached out, and it was a few days before I got a response, but Sydney reached out and said that she was part of the movement, and so I reached out to Roberta, tried setting something up so that we can have this interview and talk about the whole climate crisis. Sydney, what about you? From my side, Sunrise is starting this outreach team, and I'm one of the people who's working on that. So part of that was looking in the comments of our TikToks and seeing people who would potentially be interested in joining our movement. And so I literally was leaving comments saying, hey, check out our website. Like, we do blah, blah, blah. And Angie left a comment saying, like, I am from this place called Generation Justice and I was like oh my gosh that's amazing would you be interested in collabing and she dm'd me and we went back and forth we exchanged emails and she connected all of us together and set up this meeting which was just I'm so happy to be here and I'm so grateful that some like TikTok comments <laughs> with literally like I don't know, like 1.5 million views and like 50,000 comments out of all of those. Somehow we ended up here. It's amazing. 
more grateful. Oh, that is crazy. And then like, it's not like these giant corporations making this collab with some media group. No, it's like you guys just went out and did it and it happened. I think that's extremely powerful. Um, So what is the Willow Project and what effects will it have on all of us? Sydney? Sure. Okay. So the Willow Project is a project proposed by ConocoPhillips, which is a fossil fuel oil drilling company. It's a massive multi-decade long oil drilling project on Alaska's northern slope of the Natural Petroleum Reserve, which is owned by the federal government. This area where the project is planned to take place holds I think up to 600 million barrels of oil. And that oil would take years and years to reach the market since uh, the project has yet to be constructed. But if this is to go through over the next few years, it's about the equivalent of putting another 2 million cars on the road, which is incredibly harmful to our environment, our future generations. Biden really ran his campaign on the promise of hey guys, elect me, I'm not going to drill on any federal land. And Angie mentioned this before, and young people were the ones who got Biden into office. Young people were the ones who said, hey Biden, you've made this promise, we're going to put you into office. Young people were the ones who fought for Biden, who voted for Biden, who got out there, who mobilized, and for him to break his promise and go through with this, it felt like a stab in the back, to be honest. No, geez, man, 600 million barrels of oil. That is a lot. Oh, my. <laughs> Angie, what, what effects do you think that would bring as well? I mean, I think it would affect our youth a lot because, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, if this project does pass, we don't know how, we'll, how it will affect us. And it's 600 million barrels of oil and it being equivalent to adding 2 million cars to the road, that's that's a lot. And I know it'll affect our, our future. And I mean, some states don't even clean up their littering or their trash that's on the highway. So if we're not focusing on the little things like the trash, you know, if we're not focusing on taking care of the animals that we have now, how can we trust the government to listen to us and to stop something that will not just affect our local animals, but, you know, animals all over the world. But, you know, there's oil fields now. There's um, a place called, I believe it's called the Cancer Corner. Um, they currently have drilling operations going on. And the people that live in that area, they have high rates of cancer. And, you know, animals dying when they're young, that's, that's already bad as it is. So imagine we're adding 9.2 million metric tons of carbon to our air each year that's i don't agree with that on, on top of that to have politicians run on the promise of reversing that and then to lie about it and then to go on and you know do it anyways that is like a big like like sydney said a big stab in the back so how can people get involved in the work that you guys are doing angie i currently uh, started a small movement called gen z justice and my goal is to, you know, our first goal was to spread awareness about the Willow Project. So we started making signs and pinning them everywhere we could, the library, um, grocery stores, you know, even if they told us no, we tried putting signs up and it was just mainly to spread awareness about the Willow Project. I mean, this project really, really affected me when I first started reading about it. And I started seeing how the youth were starting to get affected by this because, you know, we, we helped vote this man into 
presidency he was our he's supposed to be our leader you know and for him to kind of like you know stab us in the back it it hurts I, I want children in the future and I want them to be able to travel the world experience certain animals and see certain places and that's mainly what we're doing right now just going out and standing in the corner just talking about it it will help bring awareness to people that didn't know about this project definitely what about you sydney how can people get involved with your group sunrisemovement.org slash take dash action sunrisemovement.org slash take dash action and you can click on a link that says join a welcome call it will take you to a page where you just have to click sign up you'll it will ask you for like your email address you just have to put that in and it will send you an email with the zoom link for whatever date it says and that's like an info call about our whole theory of change what's our mission like what is a green new deal like why are we youth-led like all of that jazz yeah and from there you can do two things you can either join a local region which is called a hub and you'll do more in-person actions so this will be like protests beach cleanups sit-ins talking to your representatives or you can join a national team, which is like phone banking, outreach, just more uh, broader stuff. Yeah, national. That is good to know, especially for people trying to get involved, um, especially youth. It's important to have youth-led groups at the front lines. Please tell us what environmental justice looks like. Um, Sydney, we'll start with you. Environmental justice for me is the intersection between climate change and systemic racism. Environmental justice is explicitly stating there is a disparity between people of color and marginalized identities and other people. And it says climate change disproportionately affects those marginalized identities. So people of color, for example, are much more likely to live in an area that has polluted air. Um, I think Angie mentioned like the cancer area people of color are so much more likely to live next to factories or polluted areas with toxic water toxic waste stuff that should not be near people at all that's one example another example is people of color are much more likely to be in an area that's affected by tornadoes hurricanes fires all of your climate natural disasters um and this isn't to say that people of non-marginalized identities don't face these struggles. It's just to say that the disparity is very, very wide. And that needs to change because that is that should be in like the, the 1800s. Like we're 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 way past yeah. that, you know. Angie, what does environmental justice look like to you? So environmental justice to me um, would be, you know, people having access to clean air being able to walk down the street and not see a piece of trash on the floor. People of color, they live in more rundown neighborhoods, I guess you could say. People of color are more likely to be, you know, in poverty and and not have access to clean water, clean air. Um, and I think that fighting this climate crisis will show people, you know, we need to be doing something better because not only is it factories that are causing bad air but you know planes when they're landing over neighborhoods they're they're releasing gasoline and oil and you know you have people we have states that don't do emissions check and you know there's trucks that 
release coal and you know all this affects our neighborhoods all this affects our states and our countries not just the united states but all the countries and you know i i just think that if we can f make that little dent let people know and spread awareness that these little things are what are affecting our air and our water and you know stuff like that it'll it'll help people to do better you know recycle and not just throw the trash on the floor and be more aware of their environment mm -hmm. so with that being said what is your guys's message to elected officials and people in power um Angie, we'll start with you first so my message would be to listen to the youth <laughs> the youth know knows what's going on um they not only pay attention to the things that will affect our future but they also know that in the in long terms this this could cause something bad if, if it's something like the willow project you know one day our our leaders will not be here anymore the youth will take over and if we're not showing a good example of a better environment a better way of treating people you know we'll just keep repeating this process of fighting environmental crisis and you know racism will still be being a big factor in things and poverty so like if we're not teaching our youth how to do better we're just going to keep repeating the cycle and I think that our leaders need to step up apologize for what they've done and actually make changes and not just apologize through their actions they can you know show us that they're sorry it's important to hold them accountable and you know force change um, Sydney, what about you? Elective representatives were put in, you were put in power by people. And if you're not doing what people are telling you to do, you're not doing your job. I think a majority of elective representatives, you guys know that climate change is real. You guys know that climate change is the problem. You've had friends or family, or you know somebody or have talked to somebody who has been affected by climate change firsthand, whether it was living by a factory and getting asthma, whether it was just a tornado or a hurricane or preventable climate chaos, I'm sure, I'm sure. Step up. I know that in the short term, destroying the environment gives much more profit. But in the long term, it's causing destruction for future generations. Like, for me personally, I mean, I'm 16, but I'm never going to have children because at this point, I don't feel like it's morally okay for me to bring a human into the world that I don't think is going to be safe to live in necessarily. So it's time to like step up, get a move on, grit your teeth and start moving. The youth know it, you know it. We have known this is an issue for over a hundred years, but we're at a tipping point now. And if we don't start moving soon, it's going to cause much more loss than you'll ever gain in the short term. Definitely, yeah. To sacrifice our futures for their immediate profit, is it's, it's disgusting, to be honest. And these are the people that we put in power, so it's important to hold them accountable and, you know, force change. What is your message to the community? What do you want them to know? I think from an organizing standpoint, a lot of the things I'm doing is trying to get people off of the internet and into in-person organizing. I think a lot of people have seen videos on their TikTok page saying, 
guys, the Willow Project is a problem, like sign a petition. But we need people in a senator's office. We need to pack Capitol buildings or legislators' offices. We need people saying right there, we need physical bodies filling that room so people who are elected can see oh my God, people are so angry that they've gotten up, they've gone out of their house, they've driven here, and there's a lot of them. There's more than just five people with some lousy signs saying, hey guys, climate change is a problem. It's like a lot of people who are there who are saying, come on, like get a move on, let's go. Once they know, oh my God, I'm not going to get reelected if this many people are angry at me or are angry with the decisions I'm making, they're going to start moving. They're going to take action. And corporations have money, right? Like ConocoPhillips and Exxon and Shell, they can buy politicians. But on the opposing side, we can't buy politicians. We don't have that money, but we have sheer numbers and we can fight money with numbers. That is the only way we can fight the money is numbers. So my call to action to community is get up, see what your local organization is doing and just get out there. Like it's, it's time to, it's time to make change. Yeah, power, power in the people. There's more power in the people than there is in money. That's important, extremely important. Um, Angie, what about you? As an organizer, you are given certain resources and given ideas on what you can do to advocate for, you know, whatever you're advocating for. I think it is important for people to get up and actually do something about what's going on instead of just making videos. And that, that's good in spreading awareness, but actually making a change. It's good to be there to intimidate our leaders, to make them feel like, OK, you know, if we don't do something about this, this might be our last term here. And you know, for example, you know, in France right now, they're having a protest about the retirement age, and it's a two-year ad, you know, to the retirement age. Just for retirement, all these people have come together to fight against it, and I, I think that if they could do it for retirement, how come, you know, we can't get up and fight for our earth, for our environment? So I guess my call of action would be get up, go make a sign, post it somewhere, stand there, get your friends, family, like Sydney said, making that one little dent will help people realize that what our leaders are doing to us, to our future, um, and what, you know, crises like this will do to our future generations. To have people on an individual level go out and actually pressure their politicians, pressure their people in power, the companies to make a change. I think that's like the best way to do it. There is no other way. You guys hold a lot of power and a lot of inspiration. And yeah, is there anything else you guys like to add to this? Just just get up, just do something about the change that you want. And before you know it, you can actually be making that change. Don't be afraid. I know many people in this generation have depression and anxiety and they have a lot of mental illnesses going on. But if we were to get up and fight for what we want, maybe a little bit of that sadness will go away because not only does depression come from personal problems like things at home but your environment the people you're surrounded by the things that you're surrounded by that also affects you and if you if you want to make a change just get up go outside make a sign and do something about the changes that you want Sydney I'm gonna mirror what Angie said and I can't stress enough how 
vital every single person's voices. If you're someone who thinks, oh, my voice isn't going to make a difference. You know what? 10-year-old me thought that too. And here I am sitting on a panel talking to, I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people this is going to reach, but you know, it takes work. It's not going to come easily. This is an entire system that's been built for years and decades and maybe even centuries that we're trying to take down that's not easy and we need every single voice that we can possibly get there's a spot for everyone it doesn't matter if you care about saving animals it doesn't matter if you're interested in media or politics or campaigning or art or there is a spot for every single person we need your voice, all your talents and your skills to be able to make that happen. It is important. Each individual holds so much power and everyone's so different, but we're so alike. And to come together is when we're strongest, you know? I would like to thank both of you guys, Angie and Sydney, for this amazing interview. This is extremely powerful. What's even more powerful is that you guys are both young women of color in the front lines leading this battle. And you guys have so much like power, inspiration and confidence. And when you speak, a lot of people are very scared and timid. And even if you guys are, I mean, I, I'm pretty nervous here, but <laughs> like you guys, you know, you toughen through it, you fight through it and you guys have amazing futures ahead of you. And I am so grateful to have this opportunity to speak with both of you and to put the word out there just you know guys thank you so much and yeah and thank you for the call to action this is very much needed um for generation justice this is Emilia Wale thank you thank you as well thank you Angie and Sydney for sharing in this interview about the amazing and important work that y'all the sunrise movement and gen z justice are all doing together and for bringing to the forefront the climate crisis and the environmental injustice done here in America and how it affects us. Thank you, Sydney and Angie, for all the incredible work that you're doing for our community. I think it is amazing that as young people, you both are making changes towards bettering our environment and are fighting towards decreasing the impacts of climate change. Coming up next is Back to the Earth by Jason Mraz, a song about reconnecting with the land we live on. Cause my home is where my food is grown I'm going back to the earth I'm going back to the earth I'm going back to work I'm going back to the earth I'm going back Social media is a powerful tool to inform and bring awareness. Here at GJ, we are very intentional about each of our social media posts and use the platforms to inform and serve our community. Tonight, we feature my co-host, Madhumita Santana. She's been Generation Justice's social media manager for the last two years and is transitioning out of that role. Madhu shares with us all that she has learned as a result of her time with Generation Justice and how her role has shaped and inspired her work. Here is Aliana Cordova speaking with Madhumita Santana. This is Aliana Cordova with Generation Justice, and I am speaking with Madhumita Santana, a 20-year-old South Asian woman who was born and raised in Albuquerque. 
Madhumita has been the social media manager for Generation Justice for about two and a half years and has been a GJ member for four years. She is studying sociology at the University of New Mexico and is minoring in women, gender, and sexuality studies. Madhu, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, it's so exciting to be able to do an interview like this. Uh, please tell us more about yourself. Um, so like you said, my name is Madhumita Santhanam. I go by Madhu. Um, I'm 20 years old and I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. My parents are from India, but I grew up here. I'm studying sociology um, at UNM and I'm minoring in women, gender and sexuality studies. I identify as a South Asian woman. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I've been with Generation Justice for um, around four years now. It will be four years in May. And yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I, like I said, it's just so exciting. It's, you know, you've been with GJ for four years now to be able to um, conduct this interview and have this conversation. Um, but I would love to know more about your journey with GJ. What can you tell us about that? I started out as a volunteer with Generation Justice. I think I was in 11th grade when I first started volunteering. And I started out doing hosting for the radio productions or the radio programs every Sunday. Um, and then as soon as senior year approached, I got more involved with Generation Justice. I started working on social media and creating social media for the weekly radio programs that we have on Sunday. So every week I would create graphics and write the captions and promote the programs on Sunday. And then in addition to that, I would also listen to the interviews of some of the guests that we'd air every, every week. And I would gather quotes um, from the interviews and some of the main ideas that they would talk about. And on Sundays when the program would air, I upload the quotes uh, on the social media platforms for people to look at and to maybe tune into the program um, on Sundays. In addition to social media, I started helping out more with radio production in general. So like writing the host scripts, creating the production agendas. Um, and I did a lot more of conducting interviews as well um, and engineering. I also helped out a little bit with the fellowship in the summer last year, which was a great experience. And then very recently this semester, I did an internship with Generation Justice through one of my classes. And I got the opportunity to write, edit and record commentaries, which was such an amazing experience. I feel like I really got to express my voice and I guess really talk about some of the things that I'm really passionate about and some of the topics that I'm passionate about. And I also got to conduct a lot more interviews than uh, what I've done before because I'm still in school. So there's not a whole lot of time, but for this internship experience um, this past semester, I got to do a lot of conducting interviews, which has been an amazing experience so far. That sounds like such an, you know, an exciting and worthwhile journey. Thank you for telling us more about that. But I'd love to know a little bit more about the social media work that you've been doing. Uh, can you talk just a little bit more about that? Um, like I mentioned, uh, the social media work that I do is for our weekly radio every Sunday. I get to also listen to the interviews and gather quotes from the guests. 
and I get to really take in their wisdom, their knowledge, and um, all their incredible work. And with those uh, graphics, I get to upload them on Sunday and really tell people to come and listen to our program, tell them what we're airing um, that Sunday, and I guess really tell them what all, what Generation Justice is all about. So I would say my work with social media is really to uplift, to empower, um, and to really showcase some of the amazing individuals and organizations in our community. Yeah, thank you for sharing more about that. I think it's super important as part of, you know, what we do with radio to make sure that we're um, offering, you know, any platform that we can to kind of highlight the people that we, you know, the wonderful people uh, like you and everyone else who we give this platform for interviews and everything um, to make sure that they have uh, the standing to, you know, showcase their work, what they find important, what they find passionate. Um, so I think that's great work. Um, but what have you learned about social media during uh, your time with GJ? What has um, the work that you've done taught you about social media? I've realized how long of a process it is, um, a very incredible learning process as well, um, making sure that everything is correct, that the social media itself represents the organizations and the guests. And I think even through the language of the captions, making sure that we create the social media through an equitable and global lens, that we're being understanding and inclusive of every community, every group in our community, making sure that we take into account the many experiences and the struggles that the people in our community go through, through our social media. That's definitely an important part that I've learned through social media, really understanding how important having a global and equitable lens is. And I think even through like making graphics, understanding the importance of colors and how like light colors really showcase um, or represent positiveness and uplifting um, the guests. So making sure like lighter color, we use lighter colors so that we showcase these organizations and these incredible people through a positive lens. Through social media, I feel like we get to educate the broader audience and the listeners about some of these important issues that are happening in our community, as well as globally. Um, and I feel like it could really create change in our community as well. It got me thinking about one of the programs that we did, I think back in March, an interview that we did with Enrique Cardiel about uh, the closing of Walmart on San Mateo. When I think about that interview, I feel like not a lot of people may know about the impacts of the closing of the Walmart. Maybe to them, it's just closing the closing of the Walmart. But in reality, there's so many impacts that that closing can have on the people in our community. So I feel like productions like that and interviews like that and through so social media, we can educate the audience and the listeners about what's happening in our community and what we can do to make a change. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, as someone else who does a lot of social media, I can't say that it is, you know, super important to me as well to make sure that we have that equitable um, lens on everything. Um, and, you know, one of our biggest core values here at GJ is action. So it's it's amazing to kind of just talk a little bit more about like why activism 
um, using social media is so important. Like you said, uh, making sure that the community is educated on what's going on around them uh, to kind of, you know, motivate that change. Thank you for sharing more about that. How do you feel like you've grown since joining Generation Justice? I feel like I've grown in many ways throughout my time working here. I've gained a lot of new skills, especially with radio production and helping out more. One of the things that really stands out to me is how important leadership is in Generation Justice and how I've gotten to grow and I've gotten to learn how to be a leader. I think throughout my time, I've gotten to work with other young people um, who are just like me and learn how to take initiative, learn how to lead through radio production, through conducting interviews, through uh, hosting script. I've definitely gotten to learn that, which has been amazing. Of course, learning more about social justice and some of the issues in our community. There are so many things that before joining Generation Justice, I never really thought about. And now that I'm here four years later, I think about them a lot and I realize how important they are. But yeah, I think those have been some of the skills that I've learned throughout my time here. You know, I, I know that you're beginning to transfer out of this internship role with Generation Justice. And I was just curious, what skills have you learned during your time here that you wish to carry with you into, into your future? Leadership and empowerment. I feel like those were some of the skills that I've learned and I would definitely want to take with me in the future. Wherever I go, whatever path that I take, um, I want to feel empowered as a young woman. And I feel like Generation Justice has definitely helped me feel empowered um, as not just a woman, but as a young person in expressing myself, expressing topics that I'm passionate about, uh, making a change. So I definitely want to take this idea of empowerment that I've learned at Generation Justice and take it forward um, into whatever endeavors that I go into. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's so much that you've, you know, really felt like that sticks with you and that you've learned so much. That's great to hear. For any of our listeners, what message would you like to share with them? To never stop learning. And I think to just realize how important knowledge is. I feel like through my time here, whatever skills that I've learned, hard skills, analytical skills, community skills, um, they've all been so important in making me who I am and cultivating my identity. So there's never enough knowledge in this world for anyone to obtain. So to always keep an open mind for knowledge and to always keep an open mind to learning. Yeah, that's an amazing, you know, beautiful sentiment to leave on. I, I think, you know, especially with the work that we do here, it's constantly about learning more, but also teaching more and being in that position where we can share the knowledge that we have. And, you know, that's what we're doing here today. So I think that's just like a wonderful sentiment to kind of leave on as we just talk about, you know, what you've learned, be able to teach something new to our listeners in that sense. Uh, but as we start to wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, I just want to thank you for this wonderful opportunity uh, for allowing me to speak about my journey at Generation Justice and what I've been doing these past four years that I started. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And I want to thank you, Madhu, for, you know, for joining me here today, first of all, but also, you know, being such a great member of our team. Um, it's been, you know, an honor to work with you. And um, I know that you're not completely leaving uh, Generation Justice, but um, 
we will definitely feel your absence if you're not here as often. Um, but I'm super excited to see where, um, you know, you go from here, uh, how you decide to um, help out with GJ in the future. Um, but it's been great, you know, doing social media with you and working with you. Yeah, thank you so much again, just for, you know, being able to, you know, join me today and have this conversation. For Generation Justice, I'm Ariana Cordova. Thank you, Madhu, for all the social media work you've done for us over the past few years and for helping us grow as a community. The work you do to help the community gain valuable information on what is going on from a local and global perspective is extremely important. This is Barbara Ramirez, your vaccine equity host for this evening. We want to remind you that many of our family members and friends are still contracting COVID-19. Understand that COVID safety is important to maintain. The deadly and disabling pandemic is not over. Please be sure to stay conscious of your own health and safety as well as that of others. To help stay COVID safe, make sure you're vaccinated by visiting itstimenm.org. The bivalent vaccine is now available to be administered to everyone over six months. If you're not up to date with your COVID-19 vaccine, please visit itstimenm.org. Again, that's itstimenm.org. For other immunization information, you can visit nmhealth.org. Don't forget that testing is essential to try to prevent the spread of COVID-19. To find information on PCR testing locations, visit findatestnm.org. One more time, that's findatestnm.org. Please keep in mind that safety from all viral illnesses is also important to maintain. Immunizations against all viral illnesses like the flu and RSV are necessary precautions. For further COVID-19 information and resources, you can also visit protectorhoodnm.org. Again, that is protectorhoodnm.org. That's it for vaccine equity this evening. Please do your part to look out for the well-being of our community. Now, back to Zen Dixon. Thanks, Barbara. Now you will listen to Mother Earth by Carlene, a song that honors our environment and the beauty of nature. listening to grief. She sent the drought to warn us. She sent the storms to scold us. But we don't listen. We burn and we break and we take and we take and we take till it's too We hope you've enjoyed this hour of youth empowerment and community action. We'd like to thank our guests, Sydney Ernest and Angie Rivera, for advocating for climate change. And a special thank you to our interviewer, Emilio Bavale. We'd also like to thank Ademita Santana for sharing her experiences and our interviewer, Adriana Cordova. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rael and Barbara Ramirez, with production assistance from Sunandita Santana. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We cannot do what we do without you. 
Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau through the Better Together Program, and Office of School and Adolescent Health. As well as the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. I'm Zan Dixon. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word. So stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. And I'm Modumita Santana. Have a great night, New Mexico.